0: So we're in a prophecy of the Old Testament, and you could be really confused and say, what does this mean? How does it apply to me? So I'm going to try, and if I fail at this, I fail, but I fail trying. I'm going to try to take you real quickly for the next few minutes before we go into the text. I'm going to try to take you from Genesis chapter 1 to Malachi chapter 1. In other words, I'm going to give you a review of the entire Old Testament, trying to believe that maybe you've never read the Bible or if you've been confused about the Bible. Lord, help me if I mess up, I'm going to try my very best because I want us to understand how this fits in one story from Genesis to Revelation of how God is redeeming the world. If you didn't know that about the Bible, it is one story wrapped up in 66 individual books written by more than 40 different men over the course of 1,500 years on three different continents in three different languages. God was doing everything he could to tell the world his story, and he wants it to be retold. So, if you've ever been to the shopping mall, and you've gone to the kiosk when you're in the lobby, and it says you are here, but you need to get to J.C. which is way over there, that's what we're going to do here in about three or four minutes. We're going to get from the lobby to J.C. Penney. Make sense? Okay, here we go. The Bible starts off in the first chapter of Genesis, and it shows us the intention of God as a creator. God created the earth in six days and at the end of each day when he created he would look at what he created and said it's good but at the end of six days he created human beings and after he created human beings made in his image after his likeness he said it is very good because even though he made all these beautiful uh, birds of the air and fish of the sea and the trees and everything else The only honor that He gave to human beings that He did not give to anyone else is His image, which means we're called to be a mirror. We're called to be like God. We're called to reflect His love and His holiness. We're called to have relationship and use logic and reason in a way that animals and other creatures can't. God blessed us with that special gift, but He also gave us a responsibility to reflect that image to the rest of the world and to bring Him glory by honoring Him. And we honor Him by obeying Him. And what He told the first human beings ever, Adam and Eve, He said, Honor me and obey me, and you can eat from any tree in this garden except that tree over there, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It was the only tree they were told not to eat from. It's not even that the tree itself was bad, it's that the tree was forbidden because God said so. So they had a choice. Do they want God to be the God of their life and live in God's kingdom and have a family and that garden would get bigger and bigger and bigger and all the people of the earth would worship God and he would be their Lord? Or they could choose to disobey him, eat the forbidden fruit and become the God of their own life, having the knowledge of good and evil. And that's exactly what they did. They rejected God. They rejected his kingdom and Eve and then Adam ate the forbidden fruit and when that happened, sin entered the world. Before that, there was no death, there was no disease, there was no pain, there was no separation. But once sin entered the world, every, every, all the pain and the tribulation of sin came, came with it. So, they're kicked out of the garden. They're separated from this, this union with God. They, they understand spiritual death, and eventually they experience physical death. But before all that happens even though God does put human beings under a curse uh, as, as a rightful punishment for their sin, God does say one thing in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. As he's handing out these punishments, he says to the people, one day I will bring into this world the seed of a woman Okay, later on, we understand that to be the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And he says, I will bring a seed from the woman, and he will come and crush the head of Satan, and he will put an end to pain, death, and disease, and he will make all things new. All right, the seed from a woman who will crush the head of Satan. It's a promise that God makes in Genesis 3.15, and the entire rest of the Old Testament hinges back and forth on that one verse. If you don't know Genesis 3.15, that the people of God are given a promise that a Messiah will come who will be human, and we understand later fully God as well, then the rest of the Old Testament won't make sense to you. So after Genesis 3.15... The people of God, Adam and Eve, and then their children are waiting for this Messiah. They're waiting for the seed of a woman to come to crush the head of Satan and put an end to eternal death and put an end to the penalty of sin. And they're waiting. And they have children, Cain and Abel. And we see murder and deceit. And we say, okay, well, they're not the seed. And then we see Noah, and Noah's this righteous man, and he builds a, an ark, and God's so angry at the sin of the world, he decides to flood the earth, and the only people that survive are Noah and a few of his family members on the ark. And so he gets off the ark, and per- perhaps we think, maybe Noah is the Messiah, maybe Noah's the Savior, but then Noah falls into sin, and we say, okay, it's not him. But then we get further along in the story in Genesis chapter 12, and here's what we find out we find out that God does say that he's going to bring a Messiah into the world, but he's going to bring a nation first. And then he's going to bring that Messiah through a holy nation. Okay, they didn't know before Genesis chapter 12 that there would be a nation that God would build and set aside to be holy and different and that through that nation, the seed of the woman would come. But he did promise in Genesis chapter 12 to a man named Abram, he said, I am going to make a great nation of you and through you, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. So now we see God's plan is getting a little bit clearer. All right, It's like watching a made-for-TV movie. And every time the d- detective uncovers another clue, the story gets a little bit clearer. All right, So now we know that God is going to bring a seed. He's going to bring Jesus, but he's going to bring him through a holy nation. We find out that nation is Israel. He tells Abram, I'm going to bless all the nations of the earth through your family. And Abram and uh, his wife, Sarai, eventually become Abraham and Sarah. And they have a child named Isaac in their old age. And Isaac has uh, twin sons, Jacob and Esau. And God chooses the younger son, Jacob, to be the father of 12 sons who become the 12 tribes of this one nation. Jacob himself is renamed Israel, which means he wrestles with God. All right, so now we know Jacob has 12 sons, and these 12 sons become one nation. They become one tribe, and at the end of Genesis, all 12 of these brothers end up in Egypt during a famine, and one of the brothers, Joseph, providentially protects them, and they stay in Egypt for a very, very long time, and a bunch of pharaohs and leaders of Egypt die, and eventually uh, very ungodly rulers raise up who did not know. And they persecute the Israelites. So they're in Egypt and they're in slavery and they're crying out to be let out of Egypt. And so what happens? God hears their cry and he sends Moses. And Moses delivers them out of Egypt across the Red Sea into the wilderness where they are for 40 years. But because of Moses' disobedience, because he's not the seed either, all right, God lets Joshua and leads them into the promised land of milk and honey. So they finally get to the promised land and they settle and they settle in this land, and they, all the 12 tribes get their own portion of the land, and they begin to live and grow, but they begin to become disobedient. all right. And they're led by judges, hence the book of Judges. And there's a cycle in Judges where they're disobedient, but then they're redeemed, and then they're restored, and then they become disobedient again. Judge after judge after judge after judge. But then we get to First and Second Samuel, and the nation of Israel is saying, we want to be like everybody else, we want to have a king. And God says, that's what you want? Okay. And he sends the prophet Samuel to anoint the first king of Israel. And the first king of Israel is Saul. All right. And Saul starts off as a good king. He does not end as a good king. And then God anoints David, the shepherd boy. We all know the story of David and Goliath. He names David the king of Israel. And David reigns as the king of Israel. And he's known as a man after God's own heart. But he does make a lot of mistakes along the way. But then he has a son named Solomon. Solomon's the third king of Israel, and he's a very wise man, but he also is a very disobedient man. He had way too many wives and concubines and got himself into a lot of trouble. Then he has a son who becomes king named Rehoboam, and this is where the story starts applying to Malachi. Rehoboam sees all this conflict that's happening among the 12 tribes of Israel, and he comes up with this brainiac idea to split them. And he tells 10 of the 12 tribes, You go north. And that becomes the northern kingdom, and it's just referred in Scripture as the kingdom of Israel. But then he tells the other two tribes, Judah and Benjamin, you go south and you stay in Jerusalem. And that becomes the, tribe of, or the uh, southern kingdom of Judah. So you've got ten tribes up north, two tribes down south. Both of the groups get in trouble because this happens all over the Old Testament. The Israelites are disobedient. And God sends some prophets up north and tells them, turn away from God, or you're going to get handed over to your enemies, and they don't listen. And they get banished over to their enemies, the Assyrians. And that's the Assyrian exile. There's a little bit of that mentioned in 2 Kings, but it's very short. But then the southern kingdom, the other two tribes, Judah and Benjamin... He sends other prophets to warn them, specifically the most prominent one is Jeremiah. And Jeremiah is saying, turn away from your sins or God's going to deliver you over to your enemies, which is King Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon. And they refuse to turn away and they get sent into exile in Babylon. And they're there for 70 years. And after 70 years, God brings back those two tribes to Jerusalem. And during the time of Nehemiah, a hundred years later, they rebuild the wall and they rebuild the temple. And that is where we are in Malachi.